0: Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma... You may find us at HealingWithWorth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. We are your hosts, Janine and Naomi. We are excited today to have Anelody Milne with us. She is the director of the Daughters of Light and Women Warrior Program with Life Changing Services. Anelody stands at the forefront of the campaign to fight against addictions, improve mental health, and preserve the family. She has spent many years evangelizing addiction prevention through the Eternal Warriors program, which she helped develop with the Sons of Helaman director, Maurice Harker. She is also an innovative leader in therapeutic interventions for women and adolescent girls. She has championed addiction recovery and mental health causes Using supportive group therapies at life changing services since 2011. So, this unique spiritual approach to healing and recovery has helped over a thousand men, women, and young men and women throughout the nation. And it's fueling a small revolution of warriors who are learning to fight the real enemy, who is Satan. She espouses the three core principles that contribute to quality mental health one, know the real enemy two, know the real you, and three, know the characteristics of God that will give you the strength, weapons, and strategies to win your personal battles with the enemy. And she's also a certified brain spotting specialist. This is a trauma-informed approach to emotional processing. Anelity consistently delivers these messages to her clients through individual counseling, group therapies, therapeutic interventions, and publications. Anneli holds a bachelor's degree in liberal arts from Southern Virginia University and a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from the University of Cumberland. She's the co author of Eternal Warriors and the Daughters of Light programs and the creator of the program journals used at Life Changing Services. She and her husband are the parents of six children, several foster children, and 13 grandchildren. So, welcome, Anneli. We are so glad you're here and we can't wait to. Learn more about these programs and what they have to offer. Thank you,
1: Naomi. (laughs) That whole big old bio makes me kind of feel cool. (laughs) I don't feel that (laughs) I I do think that I've done a lot in my life. When I listen to that, I'm like, wow. My life has been jam packed full of good stuff, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you are now influencing the many women that come to life changing services. And so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your journey and how you became such an advocate for addiction recovery. And then specifically, how you came into your role with the Daughters of Light program at life changing services. It's a really great question, Janine. I mean, I am the kind of person who doesn't sit by idly. When my son started to get into pornography when he was around 12, there really wasn't anything that I knew of that could, would have helped him. I just felt like nothing felt right. Just nothing felt right. And so I feel like I just started to look, you know, at that point, what what's out there. Unfortunately, I didn't really stumble upon this program at Life Changing Services Sons of Helaman until my son was already on a mission. But at that point, my daughter started to date a guy who said he had a pornography addiction. And I was like, yeah, I'm not for sure about this. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's when I had a student who, my background is in education, I also actually hold another master's degree in in the liberal arts with an emphasis in education. And I was writing curriculum at the time and I had a student who had been kind of talking about this program that he'd been attending and I was really excited and interested about it because I liked what he was saying. It really resonated with me. And so he gave me Maurice's phone number and I remember sending Maurice a text. My daughter is dating this guy someone that she can talk to, you know, to get some advice. And he said, yes, there's a clinician here. It's a female clinician. Her name's Jennifer Johnson. Let me hook you up with her. So I took my daughter to see Jennifer and I sat in the waiting room and it was a very fascinating encounter. I was sitting there and Maurice came out of his office. I said, oh, you must be Maurice. He says, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in I'm a race. Who are you? Yeah, I said I was an LD and he asked me what I was doing in life. I said, "Well, right now I'm just doing curriculum. I I think I had just finished up my master's degree in that yeah, and that liberal arts master's degree and he's like, "Hmm, I'm wondering if you want to work with us." <laughs> That's super random. Like cuz I'm from you I mean, you might consider it. I'm sure the spirit was talking into him because I was like, that was the most random interaction I'd ever had. But I literally went home and started thinking, do I want to work with him? <laughs> I owned my own company, a mentor training company uh, with a partner. And at that point, my kids were getting older and I was getting less interested in um, all this mentor training I was doing with teachers, specifically homeschooling groups. I had written a book and, you know, several curriculum with this company and I was kind of phasing out, you know, that's kind of where my life was headed, phasing out. And I was trying to figure out, hmm, maybe I have something to offer. So I really made an appointment with uh, Maurice. I took in my, like my pile of curriculum that I'd written and I said, this is what I do. Can I do something like this for you? And I honestly think he didn't think I could he's like, I don't think that's what we need here. <laughs> it's the only thing I know how to do. And, you know, he's thinking, well, I don't have any money to pay her. I can't, you know, I couldn't hire her to do that. He, so he says, well, I need an office manager. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so says, okay, you, as an office manager, and I'll give you a little... I'll pay you a royalty on whatever it is you produce for me, basically, because he knew I was going to be putting lots of hours into things that weren't office managing that I wasn't going to bill for, right? Mm -hmm. So that's basically what I did. I put lots of hours into creating journals. My personality type is the enthusiast. And when I find someone who makes me feel enthusiastic about anything, I get, oh, I love this. Let Let me be part of this. And that's really how I got involved with life changing services. That was back in 2010. I created the mentor training program. I was doing that, training many mentors, you know. And Maurice is like, yeah, maybe you're done doing this creative thing here. Why don't you go over to the Daughters of Light program and see what they have over there and see what you can do over there? We're growing steadily. I am the type of person who never gives up. I am dogged. <laughs> you know, maybe I, I walk like a turtle, but I am dogged. When I see something that needs to happen, I'm just going to keep going. I keep my head down and I just go forward. <laughs> so, and that's what we've done with the, the Daughters of Light and the Warrior Women program. Daughters of Light, when I first came, I sat in for literally for almost two years. I sat in with the clinician in charge, Mindy uh, Lundgreen. She's so fabulous. And we had one group and there were eight girls there. And that's how it was for like a year and a half. And I'm not really sure exactly what happened. I wish I could explain to you everything that happened inside of me. But like I said, I'm, I'm the enthusiast. And when I see something that's innovative and exciting to me, I kind of grab hold of it. But I didn't feel like I could make the difference I wanted to make without becoming a clinician. So at that point, that was in 2017, sounds to me like it was about the same time that you guys were coming into work. I told Maurice I was leaving and that I needed to become a clinician and I needed to go to school. When I was 18 years old, I had no intention of going to college. (laughs) I literally did not have any idea or even thought in my mind that I would have a bachelor's degree ever, let alone two master's degrees. But you know, God is just, Weird. He's <laughs> like, eh, don't worry about that, right? Anality. We'll just, yep, yeah, when you get there, we'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> well, we really wanted to talk to you
1: more about Daughters of Light and the Warrior Women program that you direct. I think one of the things that I love about Life Changing Services was brought up in your introduction that Naomi had, where the three core principles that contribute to mental health are knowing the real enemy, knowing the real you, and know the characteristic of God. And I have really found that that is paramount in us overcoming any challenge that we have. And it reminded me, when Naomi was was reading the introduction of you, it reminded me something that Ruth, Russell M. Nelson has said when they were talking about how we can help those struggling with pornography. And he said, teach them their identity and their purpose. And so I really relate on so many levels of that and just really feel like it's foundational. And so in the Daughters of Light program, tell us a little bit about kind of the differences between the two programs. Okay. Well, let me make a distinction between Sons of Helaman and Daughters of Light, and then I want to make a distinction between Daughters of Light and Warrior Women. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So when Maurice was doing Sons of Helaman, he's just so articulate about how things can be managed within the body, really, honestly. As I have gotten to know more and more, and the more I've studied, the more on spot he, I realized, wow, he's really got this. He is on spot. When he talks about the satanic spin and the chemical scale and how the body's changing and how Satan, you know, uses all that as fuel to just keep you moving towards that goal that he wants you to go towards and hijack your identity. I mean, that's basically what we teach at Life Changing Services. When Mindy was doing the program, she could tell that that was really resonating with the boys, but she could tell also that that language didn't necessarily resonate with the girl. And so she was trying to translate, okay, how does this translate? And I just feel like we were going in fits and starts, fits and start. And to tell you the truth, I've been really trying to continue in the spirit of where Mindy has tried to lead me. I was mentored by her for almost two years and be congruent with everything that Maurice has been teaching me too. And so I feel like I have these two really beautiful, amazing mentors who've um, helped me kind of come to a language I think that girls can understand and relate to and still be on spot with all the principles, right? We're trying to teach at Life Training Services. So let's make the distinction between Sons of Helaman and Daughters of Life. So Sons of Helaman is this very direct language. It's all about basic training. You're going to get here. We're going to teach you how to feel your body, know your feels. We're going to teach you discover where you are on the chemical scale. And we're going to teach you to fight like a warrior. Girls don't like to be warriors. (laughs) I don't think we were born to be the kind of warriors that perhaps Maurice was talking about. Right? (laughs) Right. And so, and it's so interesting because I can read the war chapters of the Book of Mormon and feel like, okay, interesting, but not like, yeah, man, let's go for it. No. (laughs) <laughs> I don't feel that at all, right? I'm like, no, well, I'm not most sure I like any of that. You know, well, I, right. I don't like the, that that Tianka was so stealthy and went in and killed the, you know, I don't like all that. It's just, it's, just, it's not awesome to me, right? I want to be the, you know, son, the mother who taught my sons to be lawyers. You know, yes. but, <laughs> and that's the language we have to figure out how to use with the girls. Yeah. I think the warrior language for me is just uh, kind of a mental war in my head with Satan. You know, that's kind of how I view those chapters, not in a physical sense as it's portrayed in the Book of Mormon, but rather in a mental sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I'm total stereotyping, but (laughs) I mean, it's like, yeah, men and women are, are different Yeah, for sure. Not any so that's what we were really trying, we've been really trying to do. We teach a couple of different models of what we call the satanic spin so that the girls can start to realize how Satan is hijacking their identity. The journal we use is very specific to getting to know and understand the character of God that will help to meet their core needs so that they feel confident that they can have those needs met with. Out having to act outside of their values so yeah. we're really taking this global look at where the girls are and that's why actually we know that their battles actually begin far before their behavior happens so their battles are i'm not good enough i feel all alone i don't feel like i fit in i need to try to figure out how i fit in i'm searching 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 to fit in I'm turning to social media, I'm turning to whatever it is to feel good. And then when they find the things, oh, you know, that maybe this is where I fit in, or maybe this is, this is what makes me feel good. We see the misbehaviors after that has already kind of like been bubbling up inside of them. And I always say to moms and dads, wouldn't you just love it if they learned how to be warrior women when they're going through that, rather than when these behaviors are showing up, right? Mm -hmm. so we're willing and we would like to sort of um, address some of that typically we don't see them to come come to daughters of light until their parents can tell that their behavior is outside of their values and they feel like parents are like oh i don't know we're on the last leg with this or or daughters finally come and say you know what i just have to tell you i've been looking at porn even then when that happened i hear bishops and moms and dads say all the time oh and you're a girl you'll outgrow it mm. that's when I get them at my warrior women program when they're like actually I'm not over it mm-hmm. yeah so we like to kind of see this global picture for the young women we like to address this sense of identity that I don't feel like I'm fitting in we, we like them to be there at the end when they're saying You know, my boyfriend is asking for this. I think I want to. Okay, well, let's just check your chemistry. Let's see how Satan is trying to alter your identity. And then, you know, some of the girls, they, as long as they're learning the principles and staying in touch with all of that stuff, they're able to start navigating through some of those difficult times in their life. That's when we'd like to see them in Daughters of Life. So, kind of global, we see self harm, we see pornography, sexting, we see anxiety, depression, we see an overall angsty, unable to find their place. And that's who we want to see in Daughters of Light. We have an online program and we have an in-person program. We have some fabulous clinicians who do that. And now we've grown from the one group that I was doing to we have four groups Daughters of Light, two online and two in person.
0: That's great. And how have you seen it work in the girls that are in the program? Have they been able to graduate? Is there like a graduation? Is it a continual process? How does that? Mm -hmm. So it's a graduation program, 12 weeks, just like the boys. We give them what we call therapeutic goal.
1: Each one of the girls have a different therapeutic goal. They don't have to share it in group we don't really talk necessarily directly about their goals, their therapeutic goal. We do address a lot of really, really spend a lot of time trying to help them feel their feels. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah. Because, you know, even their mothers don't know how to feel their feels. Yes, so true. (laughs) We know that as soon as they numb out, that's when the enemy gets them, right? So And we talk about that chemical scale, right? So when they're feeling their feelings, they're at a two. If they're not feeling their feelings, they're numb. And they're at a four or five on that scale. You know, they're already starting to act outside of their values. Mm -hmm. Then a lot of them will just bypass. I don't want to feel my feelings. That doesn't feel good. I'm just going to bypass that and go numb. Okay, now I'm just, you know, I'm fodder for the enemy. So we spend a lot of time trying to get them back to, okay, I know this doesn't feel good. I know it's hard to, for you to feel what you're feeling. We teach skills like mindfulness. We teach them heart meditations. We teach them things that help them. We call it when their feelings are outside of their window of tolerance, what do they do? Because when it's outside of their window of tolerance, they're going to either have a panic attack or go now.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: What do they do? How do they get their feelings tolerable? So that they can actually start naming them so that they can actually start allowing themselves to feel them and allowing themselves to be cognizant about how to flip what they're feeling to how they would prefer to feel. And then they start processing through that. They don't get numb. They don't get those hey moments. Girlfriend, you know what we can do with this? We can go, you know, (laughs) get that thing that hurts you. Girlfriend, we're going to go eat the refrigerator. (laughs) and these are all things that we're taught in worth as well as we're working through trauma and trying to manage the infuriating circumstances that we're addressing now yeah but these skills really do need to be taught at a younger age I so appreciate that for me I was never taught about feelings I was living with one parent would often say, you want to cry about something? I'll give you to something yeah. to cry about. And while he never physically abused me in any way, it was this perception that I could not express my pain. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was just kind of a learned stop, stop thing. Yeah. 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 And not really even being taught about feelings. And these skills that you're you're talking about are really how we get in touch with our gut. I mean, that's how I perceive them as just skills that allow us to get in touch with our divine nature, our gut. I tell the girls all the time, your body is speaking to you. Yeah. Listen to it. What is it saying? Are you tight in the shoulders? Are you feeling butterflies in your tummy? Are you feeling shaky in your limbs? Are you feeling Your body speaking to you, just listen to it. What is it saying? This is actually where my brain spotting techniques really are helpful for me because in brain spotting, what we teach them is find that space in your body where whatever it is is expressing, just give it a name. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to be super specific about the name. Let's say I'm feeling tightness in my chest. I feel a burning in my chest. And I'm going to give it the name of shame right now, cause I don't know anything else. And then we invite them to just go inside and we have a technique. We know the optic nerve actually has direct access to the limbic system. So when we do a brain spot we're it's finding where they're looking, where they're seeing most activation, where they're sensing that most activation in their body, find a place to look, oh, I'm looking over here and I feel really activated. So, I just decide to look right there with intention, keep my eyes right there, and then invite myself to just go inside and get quiet and just listen what's going on inside there. Just be curious, stay curious, and don't make any judgment about it, but see what's happening. Yeah, that's when people are able to really say, Oh, this is what's happening inside of me. This is connected to this. This is connected to this. And the more they practice that, the more. Able they are, you know, I'm out with my friend. I get this feeling in my gut. Oh, I know what that, I know what that gut feeling is. I've I've felt that before and I have, I have words for it. And I'm pretty sure I need to be obedient to her. It's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This concept that you're describing as I reflect back on my own life is just so, was so foreign to me feeling your body getting in touch with your body was something that i needed to be taught about but for a person that's just starting the process i can imagine that at least for myself it's like what are you talking about (laughs) you know and so how do you how do you even start the process So one of the things we do in in Daughters of Light, we do this in Warrior Women too. Uh, Just so you know, I want to differentiate between Warrior Women and Daughters of Light. It's basically the demographic. We know that our girls between the ages of, let's say, 14 and 18 are dealing with things that are very different from our girls from 18 and older, our girls and women. I will tell you our girls and women who typically come to my Warrior Women program, I would say 80% of them are return missionaries they've experienced some kind of sexual trauma when they got home from their missions, which causes them to have all kinds of behaviors that are outside of their values. You know, they start hooking up and they start looking up porn and they start self harming, you know, things like that. And that's not all of them, but a lot of them, that's what, that's what we're seeing. And I'm so grateful that they're getting help now because it's so very helpful for them. And why don't you share with our listeners the difference between normal and common? Yes. Yeah. That's the conversation I wanted to go down. Yeah. Let's talk about. Yeah. So actually, yeah. what's common with these women, 18 and older, in their relationships? Well, common is they're finding boys, men, boys who are porn addicts. Right. And they're asking yeah. for them to do things that they are outside of anything that makes sense to them. Right because these educated boys. So abuse happens and we can kind of know when some type of abuse is going on, if there's a power differential. Explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the power differential would be measured sort of like in age and in knowledge. So let's say you're 18 and you have like a 25-year-old person who's kind of grooming you or hitting on you. That's a, there's an age difference there that's pretty big. It would be less big than it would be like a twelve year old and a fifteen year old, say, or a ten year old and a thirteen year old. So you can see that seems more drastic as they're younger and younger, and that is true. So an age differential, a knowledge differential. when someone that you're with has a lot more knowledge about things than you do, and they are trying to teach you i.e. sexual relationships. Yes. Is that what you're referring to then? And there's a lot of other things too that could go into that. Teaching them how to self-harm, teaching them how to anything that is harmful for them. That is abuse. So we have girls who are going online searching up, am I emo? Right? And they look up emo, and emo is all about here's how to self-harm. That's abuse because there's a knowledge differential there and they're teaching them how to do something that's harmful to them. Is this because they want to put some type of meaning to their feelings? I think try to identify as something. Probably more accurate, they're trying to identify as something. Gotcha, okay. You would be attached to exactly what you were saying, that they're trying to give some type of meaning to what they're feeling. And then they're, they're going to call themselves emo. They fit in some more. So the differences between the two programs are merely just age. The principles that are taught in each of the programs are the same. Getting in touch with your gut. Mm -hmm. They're the same. I will tell you, we spend a lot of time talking about the principle of smoke and mirrors with the younger girls. Smoke and mirrors meaning how is Satan showing up in deceptive ways in your life? And it's super, super important because they're not developmentally mature enough to notice when the enemy is inviting himself into their lives with let's say parents who are getting divorced or things that are normal types of experiences but you know satan's going to really just take advantage of it and twist things and show up in ways that he uses half truths things like that so we spend a lot of time on those smoke and mirrors with those younger girls because of what they're facing, and then probably a little less time with that with the older women because they're able to kind of sort things out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know as I reflect back on those Book of Mormon lessons that I learned in the Book of Mormon, it is really helpful. It has been really helpful to me to know the the patterns of the adversary as well in this process to be able to to know who the enemy really is and how he works. And I love that these same principles are taught to the women mm-hmm. in life-changing services. So our program starts with a story called The Princess and Her Armor. It's a sense of healing program. They have, what are you fighting for? Why don't you just give up kind of stuff, right? And the girls are taught about a princess whose kingdom has gone to ruin. And now she has to defend it and how she's going to find the courage to put on her armor and weapon. And that approach kind of gives them, yeah, this is something I don't really want to do. It doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. Yeah. And we teach warrior chemistry a little bit differently. Warrior chemistry that the boys are taught. They're given this visual of, you know, they come home from school the door is opened up a crack and they hear their mom screaming and they open the door and they see a man with a knife over their mom, you know, what do they do? Right. And all of a sudden they feel that chemistry, that warrior chemistry coming. I like to teach mother bear chemistry, warrior chemistry, what do you want to call it for women? I like to teach it by doing this. Okay. Um, I want you to write a list of all the things that Satan says to you in your head. All those things of you're not good enough. You're never going to make it. This is, you know, I just want you to write them. Just write them down. All those things that you notice that are that coming to your head. All those negative thoughts. Write them down. And I would imagine that's even a process to be able to distinguish that, right? Yeah. We do spend a lot of time talking about this, right? I'm not good enough. You're not worthy. Blah, blah, blah. All those things, right? Write them down. Write them down. Get them down on a piece of paper. Okay. Now, I want you to just... Imagine someone in your life, let's say, you know, a little niece or a little nephew, a sister or a brother under the age of five, Well, just get someone in your mind. Now, I want you to sit here right now and I want you to read that list to them and tell them what they're like and tell them that this is them. Oh, ho ho ho. Those girls are like, no, <laughs> oh, I could not do that. I am not doing that. That is not happening. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. just gets all there, you know. Uh, my fight, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that kind of warrior chemistry that, you know, in that scenario, what are you going to do with, uh, you know, the man over your mom? That's that really strong fight chemistry. We Protection. call it the protective, yeah, protective energy, right? That protective anger, however you want to call it. And this other one is that really nurturing part in the girls that, you know, that we try to get them to get up in them. This is their nurturing instinct we're pulling on. And that is warrior chemistry. That's changing your chemistry. So get your fight on. Yeah. So both these programs are geared towards single women. Is that correct? No. So I have two online groups. A warrior women group. We don't have any in-person groups now that I've left Utah. But I've had several married women in my program. And as I said before, they tend to be acting out somehow. We see self-harm. We see some eating disorders. We see sexual misbehaviors. I would have to say typically attached to some type of trauma previously. That makes sense. So there must probably be an education portion of this. Kind of want to get back to talking about normal. Yeah, I do. I really want to get back to talking about what you're seeing. So one of the things I tell the girls all the time is this. It's normal to feel feeling. It's normal to have chemistry. It's normal. All that stuff is normal and it's good. And I say to them, okay, I want you to imagine the Savior, he knew how important it was to feel his feelings. When he was on the cross, he said, "Father, why hast thou forsaken me?" He felt it. He wanted to feel and did feel the full human experience, and we're down here to do the same thing. So it's gonna be uncomfortable, but we need to start knowing that all of those things are normal. Now, what we do with those feelings? Let's say. A cute guy comes up to me and he's hitting on me and he's telling me how beautiful I am. And all of a sudden I get this kind of gut feeling. But I also have all these tingly feelings of good and happy and, oh my gosh, I'm super confused. Well, all of those things are normal and they're okay. Which one is speaking the strongest to you? My gut feeling. Okay. Let's see what can you follow that gut feeling? where is it taking you yeah this this is probably a good relationship or it's not a good relationship or this would be something you know that I could look into a little bit. How are you going to step into that in graciously staying in your identity as a daughter of God? and it's hard, it's not easy yeah,
0: well, and it's that I think it's that struggle too with kids in just grasping what exactly is normal right trying to figure out this this balance is this normal or is this abnormal and if it's abnormal what do i do with it how do i change it and the biggest problem we have is we come from a society right now
1: in today's society i read a book that talked about this safetyism that we have in society today where we make everyone afraid of everybody, that they might be a predator, they might be somebody bad or whatever. And the book says, you know, it started back in the day when they would put pictures on milk cartons of people who are missing. And, you know, it's like 0.001% of the population that has actually had some kind of a abduction like that. But because it was all over the United States and there's these pictures, everybody's thinking, oh my gosh, this is just a huge thing. And then You know, we've got to keep my kids safe. And I mean, these are real. I mean, it's not like it's not real. It's it's very real. But it has induced a lot of fear in our society. And I think parents become fearful. And because they're fearful when they're teaching their children, stay away, don't blah, 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 blah. Then when the children have normal chemical responses to things, the kids think that's probably bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really hard thing to navigate because parents can be super fearful about all this, and yet they still have to navigate it. So they're compounding the situation by not allowing them to truly experience the full range of what they experience. My granddaughter, she loves to call me when she's not feeling good. No, no, oh my God, it was so sad. I w- you know, because she knows, you'll listen to her. <laughs> you know, the first thing that I'm going to say to her is, oh honey, I know this is really hard. And this is part of what you have, you're experiencing right now. It's scary for you. Can you tell me what you're feeling? I just feel super sad. Oh, I know sad is hard to feel. Isn't it hard to feel? Well, uh, what do you want to do with that? I just want to feel, okay, that <laughs> we can feel, with you. Yeah. <laughs> we can feel that together, okay, you know, kids are really good. They're, they're willing to do that, right? When they're 15, they're not so willing to do that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. But if we can teach them when they're younger, it's okay to feel. It's okay. It's hard and it's okay. And it makes you want to, you know, your body right. Yeah, yeah. it's just the way it is. You know, if your body needs to run, let it do it for just a second. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. parents don't have a lot of patience for all of that. That's why they, they don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. <sure. laughs> so this is one of my biggest regrets I think I have as a parent is really not knowing how to navigate through allowing my children to express their feelings. You know, I, I think that I wasn't equipped, first of all, with that mm-hmm. knowledge, but now I am. So I can do better yeah. now, but that, that is a big regret of mine. And You'll be a great Nana just so Well, I have, <laughs> <some>. <laughs> I have two already, so I'm just going to tell you, I think this is the way of life. I really do. I think that we don't know when we're younger. Yeah, we just don't. It's part of us learning and our willingness to learn, right? Because I, I didn't know any of this stuff. You know, I've been taught. I just dove in with all feet first. <laughs> <I just didn't. laughs> I'm going to learn this stuff. I come from a background of a, a mental health breakdown. So I'm, I'm with you, my friend. I'm there. Yeah. yeah. But that's why we have good grandma who've been through it and you know how to do it. And when things don't go well with mom and dad, because they're not always going to go well with mom and dad.
0: I love this generational stuff, you know. I feel like it's up to me because my parents are both gone. They weren't healthy. (laughs) so I'm like, it's up to me to teach them these things and I've got to figure it out. And so I'm working on it, but yeah, it's hard. There's, there's no other generation. So it's up to me and trying to navigate this and thankfully most of my children are still fairly young yeah, and so this face, experience. Look, is totally blessing you right now because he knows that yeah I love that he's so wise yeah <laughs> it's this experience is kind of forces it upon you you know like this is what you got to figure out because it's up to you so I think for anybody out there listening who may feel similarly <laughs> there are tools out there to help you to learn to start now. And I don't think, you know, and and maybe you can have something to say about the senility, but I don't think that it's ever too late to start. I think that never too late. Yeah. You always have the option to start at any point in time and just to be that person. So
1: I do have to say it is a really painful process and sometimes doesn't turn out the way we hoped it would mm-hmm. and that's the scary part of about learning all this right then we come face to face with truth with reality and then we have to figure out how to deal with that yeah i've worked with girls who are like yeah i'm not doing this i did want to share with you our creed we call it a creed Mm -hmm. I want to read it to you because it's, uh, I think, very powerful and kind of gives you an idea of where we stand as a program. It goes like this. We are daughters of light, warrior women of the latter days. We seek the light and truth found beyond the messages presented in this world. We declare God's power and reject Satan's influences. We embrace our divine worth rather than fear our unworthiness. We pursue the healing and enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We claim our God-given nurturing power. We honor connection and virtuous intimacy. We stand unafraid in our truth. We are warriors for God. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think this is a program that's not well known to our audience. And so we wanted to bring you on and allow you to share some of the beautiful teachings and things that perhaps could help our families out there that are listening, our moms. And so we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for the invitation. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? I just am really hoping, this is my hope and prayer, and literally I pray for this every day, that parents and bishops and whoever out there are helpers, We'll start actually taking our girls seriously and getting them help. Yeah. And group therapy, they have shown is probably one of the most healing types of experiences for adolescent girls. I would like to address that actually. When you say get serious, what are they experiencing when they go in to see their bishops? What are you seeing? The girls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the girls that they're having this sexual trauma instigated by young men that, tell me more about that. Yeah, so my girls who are in the Worry Women program, typically they're gone to see their bishop because they've had a sexual trauma and now they're involved with all kinds of behaviors that are out of control. I do have a couple of clients who's, they started looking at pornography when they were 12, They went to their bishops because they were told they went to a fireside or something. And they were told, you know, you should talk to somebody. And, you know, 15 years old, they go and talk to the bishop. I'm looking at porn. And he's like, oh, it's okay. You know, you'll be fine. You know, that's not serious about this. Right. It's like denial. Yeah. From your perspective, what would be helpful for a bishop to do? So our stake has implemented some really awesome things that I like. Bishops have access to clinicians who can do like little assessments. And I've done like four or five of those. I do them as free service. I just meet with the girl for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Bishop just wants to know, what are we dealing with? I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm handling this correctly. And then I can say, yeah, she's struggling with this, this, and this. Perhaps we could, and I will suggest something to the bishop. The young men typically respond really well to bishops, just keeping them accountable. I'm just going to tell you right now, young women don't yeah, it's probably scary intimida them, it, yeah. yeah, 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 it's a man, yeah, yeah. Maybe we, eventually someday we'll get in, you know, like Israel of old, where Deborah was a judge in Israel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a woman that, that the, the girl, I mean, I think maybe that's what the young women's presidents are supposed to Hopefully That's where we're leading them into this kind of role. I think this would be a really good thing for young women's presidents to provide an accountability partner. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes that's all they really need. Or at least allow a parent to be a part of that process too. Girls are typically afraid of their parents. Yeah. And I can see that. They don't want to necessarily want their parents to know what they're experiencing. So I always like to say if there's a trusted leader that can kind of hold their hand and help them be accountable and even on a weekly basis, touch in with them, that's a good place to start. If at that point that's not working, then they need to seriously start thinking. I like group therapy. I think it's cheaper than individual therapy, and it's it tends to be better for the girls. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see that because girls are are so social at that point. It, it's a very much a social and comparative, like just that age range, as they're playing off of each other. Yeah, and I will tell you right now, our girls—they mm, just love on each other. <laughs>
1: You want to us. <laughs> Come <laughs> in.
0: here. Be want to us.
1: Whatever that identity is. Yeah. That's awesome. That's,
0: yeah. And that's what they need. They need to belong somewhere. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think part of this whole last year and a half has been hard for teens everywhere because they've been secluded from their peers. That peer interaction is so important. And it's just... I think it's enhanced all the problems that they would experience normally and just made it 10 times worse. And this group belonging and, and having a friend, somebody you can rely on is so, so important for these youth. So I think that group therapy is a great, great option. Yeah, I say to, I say to uh,
1: Maurice all the time, men are tribal. They want to they wanna protect their tribes. Women are community oriented, more Mm -hmm. about the community, where they're gathering together their little pieces and parts Mm -hmm. and having their whole community. And they're two different experiences. Yeah. I would love to start teaching parents how to be able to connect with their kids too, because that's a really important relationship to have. Hopefully, I mean, not all parents, but we really do want the best for our children. Yeah, The biggest thing man, you're going to see, the biggest problem you're going to come up with parents and children's dynamics is that parents have multiple roles in a child's life. Yeah. And part of that is I need to train them and teach them and discipline them. So having the trainer, teacher, and discipliner also be your accountability partner the one who's going to accept and love you just the way you are it's really hard there's a conflict mm-hmm. yeah I can see that delicate balance so yeah for sure and it's not easy to do <laughs> and your role kind of morphs and changes and shifts over their age right mm-hmm. it's so you have if you have a ten year old, your relationship with that one looks like this, and if you have a fifteen year old, your relationship now looks like this. And yeah, and then the ten year old like, wait, what? And the fifteen year old like, um, mm-hmm. uh-uh. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, things look good. different. Yeah, for sure.
0: There is a podcast that Jeff Stewart did on that very topic of being a parent that your kids can come to and talk to without fear. That's really good. And I need to listen to it again. But initially when I listened to it, it was really good. Just kind of talking about how to be a parent that your kids can trust, that they can come to when something goes wrong or when the things are starting to go wrong so that they can get help sooner rather than later.
1: I do believe in the Holy Ghost. And I do believe that this life is meant to be experienced and that we can't prevent all bad things. Yeah, But I do believe that God has given us tools to help. Yeah. And it sounds like life-changing services in general just teaches and reinforces this this point so beautifully in their program. So for a listener who may want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? We have a website. We have the uh, warriorwomenoflight.org. We have daughtersoflight.org. You can just go there and there's a contact button and you can contact my secretary from Great. You can email her or you can, her phone number is right there. Great. And within a day, she'll get that contact stuff to me. Great. Perfect. Thank you for joining us today. appreciate it. So good to see you. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org, if you would like to enroll in an online therapist-led support group. We'll see you next time.